1: Find moving iron. Hello and
0: welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Chip Millinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, if you're looking for a great place to help your salespeople sell more stuff and do their deals faster, check out arrow at heyarrow.com. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and Chip's nice enough to come on and talk about what's going on in the market. So, Chip, man, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, Thanksgiving was great, Casey. I, uh, it's one of my
1: favorite holidays. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and relaxed and uh, ate a lot and watched football. But, uh, boy, it, uh, it's usually kind of a quiet time in the markets, yep. and
0: it was anything uh, but quiet here the last few days. That's for sure. So we had Black Friday, which everyone goes out and gets a good deal on a Black Friday, except for the stock market and the commodity markets. They had the uh, Omnicron variant out of South Africa uh, and other African countries kind of reared its ugly head a little bit and scared the market here. Friday had a big sell off. Monday, Tuesday had a big sell-off, and uh looks like today in the overnights at least that most of the grains are starting to rebound a little bit. Oil is starting to rebound a little bit. It's up about 4.5% so far this morning. Um, but I guess, you know, there were some pretty big dips there. Are we out of the woods yet? Or do you still think there's some more downward trends here?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been a crazy, a crazy ride. You know, just when uh, it seemed like the pressure was uh, getting... Uh, pretty high in Washington uh, about inflation and high gas prices, Um, you know, all of a sudden, and I'm not saying there's any coordinated thing here, okay, Um, I I wear a tin hat sometimes, but it just was uh, pretty good timing from an energy standpoint. Energy took the the brunt of the selling. I mean, um, uh, Friday was one of the top 10, um, you know, all-time biggest sell-offs, one-day sell-offs, uh, in crude oil, uh, ever, um, stabilized It bounced a little bit, uh, Monday puked again yesterday, and I was up a couple bucks uh, overnight, but it's quickly, uh, I don't know even what it was 14, $15 off of its uh, recent highs here from a week and a half ago. Yep. And, uh, it coincided with the end of the month, uh, on a kind of a holiday shortened light volume day. And uh, green options, December options went off the board on Friday as well. So it was kind of the perfect storm. You had some news, you had light volume, you, you, you had funds that were probably in profit-taking mode at the end of the month anyway, and it all just really uh, made for uh, kind of a wild, uh, a wild ride here. Uh, today's start of a new month, right? The last uh, month of the year, and uh, it appears now that uh, at least to start the new month, then it's back to, to risk on here. And, and some of this is around, you know, the stock market, the Federal Reserve did a, a little bit of a 180, right? Uh, they kind of semi-quietly had some, uh, uh, you know, a meeting, not a meeting, but a, a I don't know, a press conference, a uh, front-facing uh, Jerome Powell uh, meeting that said, hey, maybe this uh, temporary inflation, uh, maybe we ought to quit calling it temporary, and uh, maybe we ought to speed up the taper and and that was a little bit of a change uh compared to what he had been saying and that pressured the stock market yesterday and so it's just like all these um the the market hates uncertainty and there hasn't probably been more uncertainty right now um you know in the last year year and a half and then throw this this new variant out uh, it's really it's just interesting to watch to try to keep a neutral standpoint you know um a couple doctors that have been front facing with this one in south africa i forget where the other one was they're saying you know hey i w- yes we have treated some of the very first cases of it it's not it's pretty mild it might be highly infectious but it's very mild compared to other strains and then you got the who out saying you know the sky is falling and it's you yeah. know the new apocalypse and it's like this thing isn't even a week old how do we so it's just funny how this Mm-hmm. this works and then today um, uh you know either late last night or today it's back to okay this thing's maybe not quite as quite as bad as um you know what it what it could be so back to a new month and uh this isn't gonna destroy mankind and uh, let's buy everything again so it's just yep. it's just like a helter skelter uh very very herky-jerky type of a market we're in here
0: yeah yeah so that I went the 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 flip on that, how it went from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know, I go on Thanksgiving. I drove eight hours, so I had a chance to listen to a lot of talk radio and and news and those kind of things. And I was pretty convinced by the time I got out of my car Sunday night, um, and going into Monday, that we were going to go back into some level of lockdown sometime this winter. And and I'm like, this is the craziest thing ever. And then you throw in. <coughs> This inflation stuff and what uh, what Powell's talking about there. I mean, you talk about throwing gas on on a on a flame of uncertainty. I mean, I tell you what, it's it's kind of all kind of coming together there.
1: Yeah, it's just
0: <clears throat> it's
1: almost a comedy of of errors, right? It's easy to be yeah. a an armchair quarterback, but you're like, you know, okay, the the economy's coming out of the first lockdown. We're getting getting you know, people have all this money. Um, you know, hot job market. And the whole time through that, we're like, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't raise interest rates. We can't taper. Right. And then now, you, you know, new COVID variant and we're going to, you know, slow this economy down again. Well, now we got to taper. It's like, you know, uh, the bad news bears out there or something. It's just like, what
0: is going on? Yep. Yeah. Very crazy time. All right. So, so, st- Let's jump over here and talk about two things I want to make sure we hit on here. One is uh, what's going on in South America. So if you look at Brazil, there's been some reports that come out of there that have been talking about dry um, above average dry um, conditions coming through Brazil. And they're worried about um, this first, first crop corn and then moving into second crop corn and what that might look like. And then also you get that soybean mix in there um, where they're at as far as uh, their growing cycle goes. So, we take a look at that kind of stuff. How are you watching that and how are you thinking about what's going on in Brazil right now with some, with some drought issues coming up?
1: Yeah, it's really uh, kind of starting to be prime time as far as uh, the weather market goes down there. <clears throat> it is La Nina. There was some uh, uh, reports out yesterday that they expect La Nina to continue to be strong uh, even uh, through about January, February. That's more than enough time to keep uh, Argentina and southern Brazil on the dry side, and it has been in those areas um, below. N- not like horribly dry, but we're just getting into the time frame here, December, January, where it really is going to start mattering. And so now that we've turned the calendar to December, the 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 bean market, especially, and and to a lesser extent the corn market, is going to be watching these forecasts on a daily basis out of southern Brazil, out of uh, northern Argentina, and the balance sheet's tight enough we can't really afford to lose much out of it uh, and world demand is 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 good right um i think everybody expects this big bounce back in production uh out of uh, brazil and in south america and i think the market the bean market has gone a long way in in factoring in a big crop like 140 plus million ton bean crop out of brazil and if they're going to fight dry weather In southern Brazil, which happens to be some of the better, more productive ground, the northern part of Brazil at this stage looks really good. They've been getting rain. Um, That's not an issue. They're going to have good production. It looks like the southern uh, areas are, um, you know, higher yielding and they have been on the dry side. And, uh, you know, if if the expectations start ratcheting backwards because of dry weather, um, you know, you're going to see. On top of this inflation, if this inflation talk continues, you know, the, the bean market probably is the market where the funds have the most amount that they could add to this. And so it could get really interesting before it's said and done. Um, you know, not trying to predict anything, but it you just have to be ready for anything. You could tack a buck and a half, two bucks on beans very quickly if, if it's a big if, Brazil and, and northern Argentina are going to fight dry weather over the next six or eight weeks, uh, if they start getting, you know, good rain and ensure a big crop, you know, you, you, you probably haven't seen the lows yet. So I think you just have to be prepared for potentially uh wild volatility and then throw in all this other garbage we got going on with, uh, you know, inflation and interest rates and, and COVID and, you know, that, that in itself is more uncertainty than we've seen in, in decades and you know you got to play out this whole weather market thing on top of that so it's a uh, get ready for some potential uh, fireworks here uh in the case of beans and it's going to spill over to corn too corn is arguably as tight as beans on the balance sheet and um we've had you know great demand here you know both on crush pace um on our beans and our on our ethanol margins have been really good this crude oil thing is um you know obviously chiseled into these uh, margins just a little bit but our demand overall has been really good and so uh high alert the next six or eight weeks as far as south american weather goes and it's um you know we never had to fight this uh 10 12 20 years ago and now you really have two weather markets a year you know uh june july august for us and uh december january for you know kind of south america and and so we're into starting into the very early stages of a potential weather market here, as far as the South American
0: summer goes, their main production time. Right. Okay. So as we look at uh, some other crops that we have out there that are very tight, as far as balance sheets go, you take a look at wheat. There's some talk about going into dormancy this year. There could be some issues with the wheat that they're um, with the winter wheat. As they take a look at, at uh, the conditions and overall rating of that, when you look at the wheat market right now, especially what's going on in, in Russia and what's going on in Ukraine, um, there's a lot of pressure there. I guess. What are your thoughts on wheat? Yeah, uh,
1: a mixed bag there, right? Uh, we've had a huge run higher, got to some numbers that we haven't seen in many, many years, right? Uh, north of ten dollars on the Minneapolis, and you know, challenging uh, nine dollars, uh, uh, you know, on the Kansas City, and you know, well over eight on the Chicago. Haven't seen those levels for a long, long time. We got a lot of bullishness built in. Um, starting to be some. Uh, ideas maybe that um, the USDA is underestimating the size of the world crops, particularly Australia. Now, they've been struggling with wet weather and maybe quality issues and getting that crop uh, out of the field. But uh, we've had a pretty healthy correction here. Uh, It's probably about right on time too in normal seasonal. So, you know, in the back of my mind, uh, you know, maybe the wheat market has topped that doesn't mean you're just going to go straight down back to five and a half six dollars you you're likely going to have some volatility maybe a uh, you know some sort of a retest of of recent highs but you have to be on alert after this big of a run that um you know the wheat market especially this time of year you know kind of late october into november it's a lot of times when we kind of put a seasonal high in but with all that being said i think you you hit the nail on the head right going to dormancy it's been Still very very dry in in the plains, Kansas, Oklahoma. Um, they really haven't fixed it, you know, the drought, so to speak, from a year ago, and that hasn't gotten a lot of a lot of press yet. Um, but it will this coming spring if you don't start getting more precipitation out there. So you know maybe the the, the bull market in wheat is is going to pause and take a breather in here. That's not unhealthy. Um, I don't want to see it get much deeper in price than where it has uh you know say like at the lows yesterday um but if we could just slop around here a little bit you know we may be ready for a whole nother leg but it might take till late winter early spring <clears throat> depending on how uh, you know this wheat crop in the plains is going to come out of dormancy obviously it doesn't have to take that long wheat's uh if you, if you have a whole nother renewed uh you know inflationary push here uh wheat's a good uh, you know vehicle for the funds to come in and continue to buy this thing as a kind of a basket of a, you know, world, uh, food source here. That's going to kind of rise along with inflation. So, uh, again, I guess I'm talking on both sides of my mouth here. I think, uh, you know, maybe in the short run you you've topped, I think you slop around a little bit in wheat. Uh, if there's going to be renewed bull, it's probably on continuing dry weather, late winter, early spring, uh, in, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma uh, area.
0: Right on. all right, jump down here and take a look at the protein markets real quick. If you take a look what's going on in the hog market, especially, they've just manito it they can't can't win for losing. So take a look at that one real quick. What are your thoughts there? Pork cutouts yesterday had had a pretty big uh, shellacking, fell off over about a dollar um, Tuesday. Um, I guess so as you take a look at that, what's your thoughts there in the uh, pork market? <laughs> yeah, um very interesting market here we've
1: we've had uh, some some kind of sloppy action uh in in hogs here and uh to your point <clears throat> yesterday finally which is typical you know in uh, september october and and i guess in the big picture we probably got through that uh, okay you're still sitting with february uh, hogs uh, just north of 80 uh we have uh you know had a four or five dollar break off the highs the, the crazy thing is these these summer months, uh, you know, look out August, July, they're still sitting there ninety five, ninety six dollars, and um, you know, I, I think with some of the high construction costs and and input costs, I don't think we expanded a lot as much as what you would have thought given the high prices. It's just not that, that easy to come out and uh, <clears throat> you know, coming off of the cat catastrophe, um, you know, once in a lifetime type of the thing that we had with the COVID shutdown and, you know, um, killing off breeding stock and, you know, market animals, it, it's, it's not that you have this huge price rise. And I don't think you got the, the, what you would have normally thought is all the expansion from high prices and, you know, China, yeah, maybe they built their hog herd up. Maybe they haven't, um, they continue to lightly be buyers of us pork. I think the hog market maybe yesterday started to tell you that we're past the glut that you normally have, uh, you know, in the, in the third quarter and, um, you know, maybe coming out of it and things are starting to get strong. And I, I like these deferreds. I mean, you know, June, July, August, uh, nor all North and 95, even with this recent break. And, uh, you know, maybe one of the bright shining stars here, uh, going into the you know new year of 2022 is, is the hog market. And, Cattle aren't too far behind. They've had a little break from the highs, but you know, they uh have their own kind of bullish fundamental issues with the sheer amount of of breeding stock, cows and and heifers that we've put into the system. I think it's kept maybe a little bit of a lid on cash prices for a few months here. Um and, and the drought really hasn't fixed itself. There's a lot of hope that we can kind of get uh some better precipitation some snow out. Uh, you know, in these Western areas of uh, Montana, Wyoming, uh, maybe some snow, rain, whatever it is and in, in the plains, but, uh, you know, fundamentally we, uh, we should be kind of at the bottom of the cattle cycle and, you know, killed a lot of uh, cows and heifers the last year or so. And I think that bodes uh, really well for things out ahead of us, maybe not next week in cattle. Um, uh, but, you know, certainly out into, uh, you know, summer and and next winter a year from now, I think that uh, you know things look pretty solid from a from a livestock standpoint, which is is good because those guys have uh, you know been through some challenges here, obviously in the last eighteen months. Yep,
0: sure have. Well, Chip, good stuff as usual, folks. Want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing there at Blue Reefager Marketing, or just some help working on that. Uh, plan right now I mean, because there's a lot of stuff going on right now that's going to throw some loops and some plans so if folks are working on that what's the best way to get a hold of you yeah best way is just give us a call 309-550-7213
1: we'd love to love to chat with you about your plan uh, it is time to to have one we didn't even talk about new crop stuff but uh you know these record high input costs and what kind of acreage mix guys are making that decision right now and uh, you know we've had some opportunities uh you know even within the last week uh, well north of 1250 on these new crop beans so uh gotta have a plan the quicker you have one the the more able you're uh you know uh, to execute on that plan and pull the trigger when uh, when the time happens so don't have don't hesitate to give us a call
0: absolutely well i am casey seymour with moving iron podcast make sure you check me out on facebook twitter instagram that's where you're going to find the latest editions of the moving iron podcast also go to moving iron llc for everything moving iron related so chip thanks for being on the podcast man all right, thanks for having me, Casey. Um, with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nogger. Let's go, smart folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path. To help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire, supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com.
1: Moving iron in the 21st century, hardworking people working hard for Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher